We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Time to talk about what is going to happen the rest of the season, what was the truth in NFL Week 8, and what was fiction as we move forward here. We're going to look at some of the players who maybe are starting to have breakout games, maybe they had a dud game. We're going to say, is that a case that we're going to see that the rest of the way? Should you be concerned or should you be excited? And I'm joined by Blair Andrews once again. He was on the recap show that obviously came out on Monday on the road of his Overtime podcast channel. Make sure you are subscribed. You get all these episodes once they're available. I know we have a lot of people who listen on the Road of His radio main feed. You might be over on the Road of His YouTube channel. Everything was up on the Road of His Overtime podcast before anywhere else. Blair is back to when I'm excited to get his thoughts on some of these games that we didn't talk about in that first part. Blair, NFL Week 8 for me, lots of excitement. There's a player I'm going to talk about in a moment. I wasn't thinking it was going to cause this amount of excitement. I was temper and expectations but then this player's counterpart at the same position went on injured reserve this week and that really upped the ante but before we get to that player as i let the listeners guess who it may be how excited are you for nfl week nine how's the season going in general i think for me there's been weeks where maybe the scoring wasn't as high but i have enjoyed this season more certainly than last season last season felt like maybe the low point in you know the nfl in terms of scoring uh, <laughs> scoring is not gigantically ahead of where it was but we're seeing games where where teams are really shooting out and uh, we see teams then where some of them will talk about today like the the giants and the, the the jets where it's a train wreck but we're seeing a lot of games where there's a lot of points and a lot of things to be excited about yeah this season's been exciting been uh some really Good uh, high-scoring games, which you always want for fantasy. I think one thing that's made it especially fun uh, has been some of uh, some of our favorite rookies have come on and looked really good. At least we haven't even got healthy. to that point where we're like the rookies are really coming out. It's usually you know that's from true. this point forward, and we are already seeing them. They're there, but mm-hmm. the upside is still there's there's quite a few rookies on today's show actually to talk about. So for sure. The, yeah, so exciting, exciting stuff. Yeah, Player, Blair. I'm going to say the player. <laughs> player was Trey McBride. 
The first game we're going to talk about on today's show is Baltimore versus Arizona. 31-24 in favor of Baltimore. This turned out to be the Trey McBride Gus Edwards contest. Uh, so we get Zach Ertz, as I mentioned, sideline. That meant Trey McBride saw 38.9% of Arizona's targets. That was the highest of any tight end so far this season. A, a really, I guess, strange game. There was a lot of different things to kind of look into in terms of how the points were actually scored. Not a lot happening in the, the passing game here for Baltimore. We get 157 passes. Lamar Jackson, he gets one touchdown from that set. 19 carries for 80 yards, three touchdowns for Gus Edwards. The longest carry of the game for him, 10 yards. So not explosive, but <laughs> got in the end zone, and that's all that matters for Gus Edwards. He has two catches for 14 yards. Mark Andrews, four for 41 touchdown. People will be, you know, okay with that, but, you know, you're expecting when you're facing this Cardinals defense that you might put up quite a bit in the passing game. Odell Beckham, I'll call out in this game, has four targets, no receptions, no yards, lots of penalty flags, lots of penalty yardage. So that's not going to show up in the box score, but they they are trying to get him the ball, I think maybe to the detriment of the offense. Uh, gets gets fouled. One of those Gus Edwards touchdowns is a you know, pass interference in the end zone on Beckham, which leads to a one-yard touchdown. On the other side, you know, uh, Emmy Demarcado gets the majority of the work for the Cardinals rushing 20 carries 78 yards but the, the talking point is Trey McBride 14 targets 10 receptions 95 yards one touchdown look I was expecting this to happen in week one and continue throughout I've been off Zach Ertz for quite a while even though he was one of my favorite guys a couple of years ago but Trey McBride is uh, one of my most heavily rostered tight ends there is some um redraft leagues and so on where he wasn't in play for me today which is disappointing but those best ball leagues uh those points really hyping up but this is one of those where you're looking at both teams and what happened uh i think you know we're going to see business as usual for the the ravens moving forward they're six and two on the season i think lamar jackson's looked fantastic this was just a game where they really didn't have to to push it that much they were 21 to 7 up and you know exit in the third quarter they were pretty comfortable the game got tighter than it actually was showing so you know i mentioned the pass interference calls and so on as well if they're if they're completions that leads to the higher yardage and so on for for jackson so not too concerned about the the ravens moving forward the player that i'm probably uh, you know i've been quite excited about say flowers but we're seeing very low a dots five for 19 in this game seven targets he is getting targeted downfield not connecting as much i just have some thoughts on the upside of zay flowers maybe being a little bit limited and we talked about the rookie uh wide receivers or the rookie players we're going to talk about today but there is quite a few rookie wide receivers the likes of even addison the likes of josh downs players who may now start to bypass him he, he started off pretty hot based on volume so he was usable week to week but i'm wondering now the rest of the way what's your thoughts on how zay flowers will be using this offense and after that you can tell me how great trey mcbride is <laughs> uh yeah it's a little bit concerning that uh he didn't see more targets i mean he he still had a almost 27 percent target share with these seven targets now like uh, you mentioned his a dot was only yeah if you, his air yard share is probably pretty <laughs> right air yard share i want to say oh yeah seven percent air yard share um so yeah some of that is concerning i think it's nice that they are you know manufacturing touches for him like they are trying to get the ball in his hands 
And this was, like you said, a weird game with a lot of those penalties eating up yardage. I think Baltimore had a lot of short fields um, that put them in position to score without needing to drive down the field. So, um, you know, if Flowers is going to continue to get, you know, 25 or more percent of the targets, um, that's probably enough to keep him a starter uh, on most teams. So I'm not overly concerned about about his usage. Um, as for Trey McBride, um, yeah, like you <laughs> like you said, I was I was kind of hoping for this a lot earlier, but it's definitely um, exciting to see him uh, come in with this sort of with this sort of usage and to deliver on it. Um, his one touchdown was probably a little bit questionable as to why why the refs didn't blow the whistle sooner. But I'm saying that as a little bit of a Ravens fan, so. Um, I, I I think that is the longest I've seen a player's like forward progress stopped without the play being. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, he's gonna and maybe it just into the five yard line, then it gets into like a rugby pile, but it's not really moving. Uh, there's probably four seconds that goes, and then then eventually, I don't know, fatigue set in for the the Ravens defense <laughs> and he makes them. So yeah, question is I guess for the next couple of weeks he's the tight end one on this roster. Um, then maybe. Zach Ertz comes back into play, but I think he has shown that he has to be more consistently used in this this passing game. Yeah, for sure. I think even if Zach Ertz comes back, you still have McBride um, pretty clearly the the tight end one. Um, it's kind of an interesting question as to where where you would have him ranked rest of season. I mean, obviously, you know the Cardinals have already said they're going to be starting Josh Dobbs next week, despite. Um, Kyler Murray seemingly being healthy. Yeah. Um, so I think there's still some question marks there. Arizona has been able to put up points like they did in this game, even though they don't um, have on paper, maybe the best uh, offense, certainly the best quarterback, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for what McBride can do rest of season, especially if we see, uh, Kyler come back soon and kind of play up to the level that we know he can yeah and it's it's kind of a an interesting situation because we had a few tight ends of big weeks this week we'll talk about a few more as we go through today's show but I mentioned the likes of Ingram getting kind of the volume based play but Cole Komet had a couple of weeks where it's you know dud dud performances then <laughs> is it pretty okay to, like you know there's a lot of things going on like that and you start to get in pretty quick after you go past you know kelsey hawkinson andrews kettle laporta you know goddard you get into like there's a lot of names then that are kind of interchangeable at that point so yeah trey mcbride rest of season i think he's a top 10 tight end mm-hmm. probably at, you know between seven and ten but people will have them all over the the mark i'm sure people aren't as enthusiastic as as we may be <laughs> we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We're going to move on to a game where Travis Kelsey, who I think is you know the, the tight end one probably the rest of the season, I would imagine, uh, has not his biggest performance. But Taylor Swift wasn't in attendance, so maybe that is a, the correlation continues. Uh, we get Travis Kelsey six of nine targets uh, for fifty-eight yards. I guess the bright spot here on the side for the Chiefs as a fantasy drafter is the five targets, four receptions, fifty-six yards, going the way of. Rasheed Rice in this one he ran the second most routes behind Travis Kelsey so he is starting to get worked in but this was a really weird game all around 24 to to nine in favor of the Denver Broncos I don't think a lot of people seen this coming just 114 passing yards for the Broncos just 12 completions six sacks for Russell Wilson and they comfortably win this game they're kind of you know cruising the, the Chiefs put up no points in the second half uh, no passing touchdowns in this one for Patrick Mahomes two interceptions again there's a couple of games we've kind of touched on this game this week this is kind of one I think where the Chiefs just probably toss the game tape away as quick as they can um, hmm. just you know in terms of even special teams deep returns for the Broncos to set them up in advantageous positions like you get Russell Wilson I've seen some stats going around today about you know his numbers this season where he ranks among other quarterbacks but in this game he's 12 of 19 114 yards but he has three touchdowns no interceptions so like there's a lot of talk about his touchdown to interception ratio this season but there's a lot of good fortune going into to some of that as well so i don't think we can kind of say he's quite back but he's putting up some fantasy points for people but the you know the 114 yards isn't going to really get it done for you either did add 30 rushing yards on eight attempts we get javante williams and this though is my talking point coming out of it that he has 27 carries for 85 yards but there's 40 total carries for the team Jaleed McLaughlin, though, gets four. Then we get in the passing game, Javante Williams gets three targets, the same as uh, P. Ryan. He does just get three for 13, but he also gets into the end zone on a pretty impressive play. He's three for 13. The impressive play was a 14-yard reception. <laughs> so did lose <laughs> yards on the other plays. And then Jaleed McLaughlin, two targets, two receptions. Marvin Mims, just one target, one reception for no yards. So not much to go around in this game for the passing offense. As I kind of hinted at with the Russell Wilson stat line, 
But Javante Williams, I've been saying for a couple of weeks, is looking good. He's moving in the right direction. I think he's now starting to take control of this backfield. It was a, a split. But are you on board saying that Javante is the, the bell cow in this offense moving forward? The one part I do think he'll get nipped in a little bit is in the receiving work. But they are also giving a lot of targets to the running back. So in a game where there's only 18 total targets, we get eight of those going the way of the running back. So do you think it's a situation where he is the the lead the lead back here and complete control moving forward? It does kind of seem that way. I think um yeah, obviously it looks like Denver wants to use their running backs a lot in the passing game. I think in one way this this game plan might not necessarily be indicative of the way they want to play against every team against the chiefs you know they're a lot weaker against the run it seems like the way to the way to beat them is just to not let Mahomes touch the ball as much as you can although i mean you know it's kind of kind of weird to analyze these division games where uh familiar opponents play play each other in in ways you don't necessarily expect um but yeah definitely um Definitely appears that Javante Williams is kind of running away with this backfield. The one thing of note is that he was a little bit inefficient with his carries, only 3.1 yards per attempt, which maybe is kind of noisy. But when you have McLaughlin taking four carries for 33 yards, which is uh, 8.2 yards per carry, then um, you know you kind of see that difference and say, hey, maybe... Maybe they should split up these carries a little bit differently, but again, it's only one game, so you also don't want to read too much into that. Um, so you're putting some cold water on my enthusiastic Javante Williams takes? A little bit. I'm trying to pump up my Jaleel McLaughlin shares. <laughs> that was my next question I was going to ask. <laughs> Which side are you uh, more invested in? The other side, though, is then Rishi Rice. Obviously mm-hmm. not a hugely productive day, but we have really seen him getting factored in. We've always wanted somebody to be kind of the not the replacement for Tyreek Hill, but to be the wide receiver one alongside Travis Kelsey. Rookies moving along, we're into NFL week eight. It feels like we could start to see him even take that next step to to really be fantasy relevant moving forward. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm you know five targets in this one is only about a fourteen percent target share but um he did look good on that one catch and run down the sideline hopefully they'll give him some more uh was that him or was that sky more now i'm <laughs> now i can't remember you're uh, on a bit sorry i can cut this out but you're on about the one that he caught and then ran uh kind of beat one man like running yeah. right at the yeah that was rishi that's right that's right it wasn't more only had eight, th- uh, 39 eight yards on that one yeah 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 i'll I'll cut this but just gonna uh but you do um you can say that again so yeah rice looked really good on that one catch and run um it he's probably played well enough to earn more targets going forward uh when they were getting him the ball it seemed to be working so um i'm pretty encouraged by the way he played today and uh hopefully we'll see more of him in the future for sure and you're mentioning the you know percentage of targets they did have 12 players targeted today so if kelsey <laughs> with nine you have him with five and then that is the second highest but you have pacheco with four you have mbs with four after that then it's you know a couple of guys on three a couple on two a couple on one so it was really spread around and just a kind of a weird game 
all around. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But yeah, still very excited to see what happens with Rice. The next game to talk about is the Bengals winning on the road four and three now against the 49ers who are on a bit of a slide, which I did not anticipate coming uh not that long ago. So we have a situation here where Christian McCaffrey gets in the end zone very early in this particular game. That means that he has now scored a touchdown in 17 consecutive games, both playoff and regular season tied for the all-time lead so i'm sure in the next game he's going to have 18 consecutive games that'll be lenny moore's record feels like regular you know good old joe burrow is is back we get uh, the last three games he's averaging 21.6 points per game so we have a tough start to the season we've seen this a couple of times with the bengals tough start to the season things then start to pick up so maybe we're at that point right now we get jamar chase 12 targets 10 receptions 100 yards one touchdown very nice fantasy day for him we get six targets for t higgins five for 69 i thought higgins looked pretty good in this had a long of 33 would like to see him continue to get more involved the team still building the running game around joe mixon not the most exciting thing in the world to watch but uh got the job done here overall he had 16 for 87 on a touchdown also had three for 21 or three for 23 on the ground questions in this round brock party obviously coming in with the in concussion protocol hasn't fully been confirmed if he had a concussion or was just in the protocol so players who have been in the protocol haven't really passed it and played in the same week as they were in it but he did here but has a pretty poor some poor throws i'll say not a poor game he had 365 yards one touchdown two interceptions so statistically speaking there's a lot of yards put out there he had six rushes for 57 yards you know but some very questionable calls the bright sparks or the bright sides i think you have christian mccaffrey who i talked about but you have brant Nayuk, nine targets five receptions 109 yards george kettle 11 targets nine receptions 149 this is one of those games where like all the fantasy players kind of did what you wanted them from a fantasy perspective but again i think we'll see what happens with borrow going forward there's some clips where he did bang his head in this game we're recording this now monday he's going to come out on tuesday probably more news at that point but could potentially be you know under evaluation again but McCaffrey did what McCaffrey does Ayuk's looking good in the absence of Debo Samuel positive to see Kittle though get involved a little bit more than he has I would say over the last two seasons but uh, to see him have a good day here I, I find it very hard just to trust the usage of Kittle especially if we get Debo back in the mix as well what, what's your thoughts on on Kittle moving forward here yeah it seems like Kittle uh has these big games almost any time samuel is out of the lineup and then when when samuel comes back then he's a little uh less reliable so definitely excited to see him put up this kind of fantasy day uh he helped a lot of my teams hopefully he can keep keep it going even after debo comes back um you know the 49ers offense hasn't looked quite as strong uh lately as they had been looking so you hope that Debo's return can not only um kind of boost this offense but also not completely remove Kittle from the equation um so yeah I'm (laughs) I'm I guess cautiously optimistic about Kittle rest of season I think you do expect this these targets to uh come down quite a bit with Samuel in the lineup 
the other part of this is you know we look at some of these uh, kind of joked with the chiefs and their target share and how things were spread around here this game the the 49ers they know who their good players are and they are not (laughs) spreading things out we have you know 30 total targets but 20 of those going the way of uh and kittle seven more of them going the way of uh christian mccaffrey so out of that 27 of the targets in this particular contest going to kittle Ayuk, or mccaffrey out of the 30 so yeah they know where they're going with things and then we have mccaffrey leading the backfield in, in pretty much all forms is uh the Bengals and joe burrow everything fixed now everything <laughs> all okay we can expect this moving forward yeah i think so seems like it i mean obviously seems like it it definitely seems like it <laughs> yeah um obviously there's a question about um you know burrow's health i think um but assuming assuming he's 100 percent and good to go i think everything that you saw in this game is pretty encouraging you'd kind of like higgins to get some more targets what you do see is even though jamar chase had double the number of targets that higgins had they had almost the same number of air yards so they're just really using those two guys in very different ways and uh uh, with Higgins running a lot more of those deep routes. So um, hopefully we see him, you know, turn more of those into into uh, long scores and uh, get his fantasy points going. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely encouraged by, by what we saw from Cincinnati. A couple of games we're going to go a little bit more rapid fire on to see what your thoughts are. But we're going to go to the LA Chargers Austin Eckler does what Austin Eckler does. Nothing really on the on the ground from here, but ninety four yards, seven receptions, one touchdown in the air. Quieter day for Keenan Allen was still eight for sixty nine. But Quentin Johnson, I'm sure you're interested in. Uh, he does have six targets, five receptions, fifty yards. Disappointing in this one. Josh Palmer injured his knee. We'll see what the reports come out, but it didn't look good at first viewing. Um, but that there also led to the another opportunity for for Quentin Johnson. I guess moves him another spot up the the depth chart. Cole Met ten for ten with seventy nine. DJ Moore quieter six with four receptions and fifty five yards. So looking at how this all played out in terms of offensively, the question I guess comes down to Quentin Johnson. What is the where's the expectations now moving forward? Yeah, I mean, the expectation has to be a lot lower now than it was coming into the season, but it's definitely nice to see um, some actual, you know, some kind of signs of life from Johnson. I think one thing that's interesting is he actually had a lower uh, depth of target in this game than Keenan Allen, which is probably yeah. the opposite of what you're expecting. But you. It you, almost felt like parts of this game that was, you know, we just want to get some completions, you know, get them getting right. receptions, you know, start to. I, I, not just a case of building confidence up but get him those receptions get him yeah worked in the other part is we talked about rookies and we're you know at week eight going into week nine but there there are seasons where it does take like he was always gonna be a little bit of a project coming in there's times where it um can take a bit to click it feels like it might be too much for it to click to be a real real takeoff but the part I've been a little bit surprised by, and we're talking basically that those were maybe more manufactured touches to get him receptions, but we haven't seen a huge amount off manufactured touches going his way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, definitely. You you think about um, 
the Chargers last year who had a ton of wide receiver injuries. They bring in a first-round pick to kind of help them with their depth, and then they immediately lose Mike Williams this season. Josh Palmer also was dealing with injury uh, this week and was on the sideline for much of the game. Um, so, you know, you kind of need to get Quentin Johnson worked into the offense in a hurry and maybe getting him these short receptions and like you said, building his confidence and just getting, um, you know, getting him into the flow of the game, as it were, is kind of uh, the way to do that. So I do like if I do like that kind of game plan from the Chargers, if that's what was going on. Hopefully we'll be able to we'll see him be able to build on uh, on this kind of mild success from here. The other thing to mention in this game is not anything that anyone's really going to care about, but the Vilas Jones. <laughs> has a, a drop in this game which is you know a deep touchdown pass where he i think he kind of slips then he trips then he falls then he also <laughs> still on the ground has a chance to catch the ball and then he drops it so yeah more for a comedic effect but at one time talked about it as the oldest rookie in nfl history uh yeah up there with brandon whedon but uh yeah Venus jones not going to want to see that one back couple of games here uh tennessee beat the atlanta falcons another game where the falcons are close throughout but yeah just it's getting tougher and tougher and tougher to have any enthusiasm for the head coaching situation there they do lose this game we have a trick play quite early in the game where we you know it's important to take b john robinson off the play when you're off the field when you're in the red zone and then you have to get johnny smith you know throwing throwing the ball to try and get it to mccall pruitt you know it's just there's, there's a lot of things in this that are not enjoyable uh redder got benched apparently because Heineke played the second half, it seems like after the game that maybe he did pass the concussion checks, but it seems like maybe they're saying that he will still be the quarterback moving forward and that it was just precautionary. But having an issue with turnovers at the moment with Ritter had a, another one in this game, but in terms of a, a fumble, the other part then is on the other side, Will Levis comes in, did more than I ever anticipated in his first start. But we have DeAndre Hopkins gets three touchdowns, gets the hat trick, 34.8 PPR points, just four receptions, uh, and a second lowest target share of the season, 22.2% uh, of the team's targets, but gets three touchdowns. So I guess the Hopkins part is I, I've been wondering all season long, you know, uh, is it partly down maybe the, the quarterback play, but also is Hopkins beyond? And, and well beyond has the cliff come for hopkins for me this feels more like a sell opportunity than than anything else how, how are you feeling about hopkins moving forward here yeah i would agree i would think that this is a good time to to try to sell on hopkins if you can i mean still only the four targets is not uh not great although that was like a 22 percent target share in this game but um yeah i think hopkins is beyond the point where you can expect his i'm definitely beyond the point where you can expect his value to increase i guess you could make a case if you're on a contending team and you need wide receiver production right away hopkins does have a chance to give you that at the same time i kind of am hoping and even expecting that will levis his kind of emergence will coincide with Traylon burks getting worked into the offense more and hopefully uh, we'll see a lot more production from from him as the season goes on. Yeah, keep talking that into existence. I, I don't That's want to right. be the only one talking. Got to try to manifest <laughs> it. Yeah. 
then we had the, the New York Jets, New York Giants. Uh, this was another weird game. Weather-related, went to overtime. Really bad clock management at the end of the game here by the Giants. They have, you know, you're in a situation where you have a three-point or a three-point lead at that time, so it was 10-7. They go for the field goal, which would have given them a 13-7 lead, but the team could have still went down and you know, scored a touchdown, although there wouldn't have been a huge amount of time remaining. Go for, go for it in fourth down, end the game. Missed the field goal, you're back in the same situation. So <laughs> they thought they were going to score the field goal, but you still would have been in a situation where a touchdown would have uh, cost you the, the contest, although it would have been a lower probability that they would have got a touchdown. But they do get down, they get the field goal, they tie it up, a 10-10, goes to overtime. This was a game as well where uh, Tyrod Taylor got injured, uh, rib injury, uh, sounds like he to spend the night in hospital. We'll, we're recording again on Monday. There may be further updates on it at this point in time. Daniel Jones, though, it has been reported as cleared, so he'll be back for the Giants, but hopefully Tyrod Taylor will be healthy as well. They combined in this for 15 first-half punts, Blair. 15 punts in the first half, 24 punts in regulation, the record in regulation was 27 so they didn't get there for the 27 points uh just like you know non-existent passing game they had seven passing yards at the end of this one for the giants uh but on the bright side Brees hall gets in the end zone has a completion a reception that uh he takes for a touchdown it's a 50 yard reception looks electric on it six for 71 and six for 76 and a touchdown through the air but does just go for 17 yards on the ground on 12 attempts that's 1.4 yards per carry then we get Garrett Wilson 13 targets seven receptions 100 yards for him that's 15 or more PPR points in three of his last four contests so that is very positive disappointing though on the receiving side for New York Darren Waller picked up an injury in this one Saquon Barkley was basically the whole offense here. He had five targets, three receptions, those going for zero yards. And then uh, he did have 36 carries for 128 yards on the ground. So a weird game, but we get usable numbers out of Wilson. We get usable numbers out of Hall. And I think we have to take that as a huge positive from where we were a couple of weeks ago. So we have 34 targets in total and we get 22 of them split between Wilson and Hall. So, you know, I'm settling for that. If if that's if we can get that on the table each week, we'll settle for that. Yeah, for sure. Even if, you know, the Jets are not going to be a very high, you know, like an explosive offense, at least if they know which players on their team are giving them the best chance to score points, then... And uh, hey, who knows? Who knows what the... With the way Aaron Rodgers is like throwing passes before these Jets That's games, right. maybe, yeah. maybe he'll be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah you never know. <laughs> coming back so faster, see. faster yeah. than ever. But uh, at least we we got both of the the stars there on the the Jets involved in that. And then the final game to talk about is the the Saints and the Colts. Another kind of interesting game: thirty eight points here for the the Saints, twenty seven for the the Colts. Four and four now on the season for the New Orleans Saints. We get 310 passing yards from Derek Carr. We get two touchdowns. Gardner Minshew again, you know, doing some stuff, but not enough to really get you as excited. The Minshew magic just wasn't there as much this week. The backfield is still split with Taylor and Zach Moss. 12 carries for Taylor, 11 for Moss. Both of them being effective rushing at Moss gets in the end zone, but we get 95 yards for Taylor, 66 for Moss. So the running game has been very positive for the Colts but Taylor just been worked back in a little bit slowly but is looking pretty good 
the problem is I think they're going to continue to to use Moss that a little bit. Uh, Josh Downs again having another nice day, nine targets, seven receptions, seventy-two. So looking pretty good. He he led the way. Pittman does get in the end zone, eight for forty, which is seems unusual, but does get the the touchdown as well. On the other side, though, the player that really has stood out here is is uh, well. There's a couple. Taysom Hill had nine carries for sixty-three yards, two touchdowns going his way. He had one reception for 14 yards. He had one completion for 44 yards. So he has really been used all over the place. Then we had Alvin Kamara, seven for 59 and a touchdown on the ground, four for 51 and a touchdown in the air. So a really strong combined day for him. I think Kamara's looked really good since coming back. And I didn't know if he would come in and, and look as good as he has in, in previous seasons, but I've been impressed with Kamara. Chris Olave had nine targets, five receptions for 46 had a chance for a deep touchdown kind of lost the ball he's clear it bounces off his his helmet so that is one that i'm sure you know olave drafters will be really disappointed by a a big big play that probably takes him close to 100 yards the touchdown six receptions if he had completed that particular play there but rashid shaheed has had some big places and he had three receptions for 153 yards on three (laughs) targets for one touchdown one of those passes coming from Taysom Hill, two of those passes coming from Derek Carr. So Shahid is electrically fast and looks uncover- uncoverable. He is not going to continue to average 51 yards per reception, but is there something there to have him, you know, uh, he's probably rostered in most dynasty leagues, but if you're looking at, you know, people maybe playing in shallower leagues, what are you thinking here with Shahid moving forward? Is there there's something there outside of the, incredible electric pace yeah it's interesting i mean he they're clearly using him in a kind of unique way which is a little bit surprising considering i think that olave has a lot of the same skill set but i mean you, you know you said it three three receptions 153 yards his a dot in this game was actually 41.7 so if he's like only being targeted 40 yards downfield, maybe he will average 50 yards of reception if he can catch them all, which, I mean, uh, I believe he was the most efficient rookie in the league last year. And, I mean, you know, he's kind of showing well why. His way here. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe not that we can expect it every week, but so that's our run through all the games. We are recording this, as I mentioned before, Monday Night Football. So I'm going to get Blair to give us a bold prediction. We have... The Las Vegas Raiders facing off against the Detroit Lions. This is at home. Jared Goff tears things up in the Dome in Detroit at home. What are we looking at here? We we were talking before about you know, what we need to finish up our NFL weekend in a super positive way. We're both heavily invested in Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta tonight, over under 20 tight end premium points. Way over. <laughs> Way over? Are we getting in the end zone? Yeah, multiple touchdowns. Um, maybe like 80 yards, six catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns, let's say. That's that's very optimistic. I was going to ask, could he you know, manage <laughs> to get in the Cole Komet, 
uh, Trey McBride, George Kittle, you know, double-digit receptions, you know, but that, he could have one touchdown, but if he gets into the double-digit receptions, he can still get those points <laughs> totals. But that is Monday Night Football, hopefully whatever you needed, because you'll be listening to this after Monday Night Football is over. Our bold predictions, you will know if they are correct or incorrect, but looking forward to seeing how that one plays out. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at OverTomArden. My co-host today was Blair Andrews. You can follow him on Twitter at AmItheRealBlair. You can check out all his work up on rotaviz.com, including The Wrong Read and much, much more. Hopefully, Sean Siegel will be back with me later in the week as we start to look ahead to NFL Week 9. It's hard to believe we're at that point already, but we will be here for that. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.